Hi everyone, I'm Madeline Park, stylist and vintage fashion hound. I believe everything has a story, whether it be clothes or the people that wear them. As we're forced to sit still, I want to travel through the stories of people in other places and explore how they're stepping out with a renewed sense of style. So this is Style Stories Stepping Out, a series which continues to share stories of creative people with a strong sense of style, but from places that we'd love to see and where we'd rather be. Today, I'm stepping out with Juliet Fox, London-based fashion influencer and designer who is as famous for her pastel pink hair as she is for her vibrant content and character. While Juliet's London upbringing may have tailored her style, it's her birthplace of Cameroon that lies at the heart of her story. While she colours her influence with a generous joy for life and a celebration of individuality that honours her roots, it's her determined attitude, hard work ethic and strong sense of pride that makes her stand out. And it's this strength of character combined with a serious talent and her heartfelt belief in herself, her family and her heritage that define Juliet's style. Ensuring her story will always earn her a seat at the table. I hope you can sit back, relax and enjoy listening to Juliet's story. But hello. How are you? Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Perfect. Okay, fantastic. Uh, Juliet, I was just saying that um, your your name, Juliet Fox, perfectly um, uh, symbolises your fashion in terms of you you have this romantic edge to your style, but it's so (laughs) fierce at the same time. So I want to know, (laughs) do you... um, is this is this your real name or is this a, a stage name? <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's as real as my hair, so <laughs> I guess that's very real. No, it's a it's a um, it's a more fabulous name because my my actual surname, like people always confuse the pronunciation. And I felt like I didn't I didn't want to use my actual real surname. I wanted something that was a bit more easy in the tongue that sounded better that I could brand easier <laughs> and that just sounded kind of cool um so that's kind of how I got to that so yeah no it's not my real name but um it was pretty real to me <laughs> you made it your own now exactly it's mine now I bought it it's so mine. what what is your real name well so my actual my, my Juliet is my real name um, yeah. My last name is Wessa because I'm Cameroonian. So I, I do want to talk about your your Cameroon culture and, and your upbringing because that's how I love to start my interviews to really yeah. get a sense of yeah. somebody's kind of cultural influence in terms of their identity. So yeah. um, tell me about the culture in Cameroon as you experienced it growing up. So I like I was a child. I left Cameroon when I was twelve, and I it's my favorite place. Like all the best people in the world are there. All the best food in the world is there. <laughs> all the best views are there. Uh, I might be biased, but I think it's true. But no, I I love it. I grew up surrounded by some really incredible women. Uh, my mom was very fashion forward and she loved fashion. And so we spent a lot of time making our own clothes. Like in Cameroon, fashion is like, it's way more important than here. Like people dress up. Like that's where I get my extraness from. Like yeah. we dress up, we love to show off, we love to wear 
to like like and any event is like an excuse to dress up like we'll have events and there'll be specific fabrics created for that event and everyone has to make their outfit based on like from that exact from that fabric so it's yeah. like and there's a huge sense of community which is like one of my favorite things about Cameroon is like this it's like everyone raises you. Like, it's not just your parents that raise you. Everyone raises you. Like, I would wake up in the morning, shower, and I'm off. And my mom would never worry about where I am. Because she'd be like, oh, I'm sure she's with X, Y, and Z, dude. X, Y, X, y and Z. Because she knows I'll be fine. You know, if someone saw me, like, on the street, like, if I was lost, they would get me home. Like, everyone knows everyone in the best and worst ways, I guess. <laughs> but I just... I, I just, I love it so much. I'm going back in January and I'm so excited to go back because I haven't been for a few years and I cannot bloody wait. So yeah, yeah I just, I, I love it. We're, we're fun people. We're like, we enjoy life. Um, we are colorful. We are, we're loud. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, you, should, you should visit. You have to, like, you would love it. I feel like everyone should go and visit. Anyone in Africa, I feel like it's probably the same kind of vibe. So I always push people, like, go and visit it. Go and have fun. It's not like what you see on TV. We're not sad with flies in our faces. We're actually having a good time. <laughs> so well, I, I, I did a bit of research before our interview, and, and it does look like, as you say, a very colourful culture that yeah. celebrates performance and um, storytelling yeah. and integrates music and, and oh, life yeah. into... <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Honestly... Um, it's and there's always something happening full of energy and it's it's even more amazing because it's a place that's filled with so much like sadness and dark um a dark past and it's like everywhere in africa like we have such a dark history and we're still so proud of our culture and we're still so invested in it and we're still so full of joy like that's just who we are as people and that just never goes away no matter what even though there's so many things that we can complain about, and we do, but <laughs> we keep the essence of who we are, which is people of the earth who love to enjoy life. That's who we are deep down. So, yeah. And, and, and you, you said that, like, fashion is, like, celebrated and performative. Yes. Tell me more about what the fashion in Cameroon is like and how that influences your style today. So I grew up with a mom who was very fashion forward. I don't think she even realized, you know, just how much that would have an impact on me. So my mom, um, so in Cameron, we, when I was growing up, we didn't have like stores, like like many stores where you can go and buy clothes. We had most like markets and stuff like that, which sold secondhand clothes because a lot of people had their clothes made. Like made to measure here is like such a... Um, an exclusive thing. In Cameroon, it's like, no, no, no. Well, everything is made to measure, love. Like, we all have our seamstresses. Everything is made to measure. So my mom would travel to Nigeria to buy fabrics, like the most beautiful lace fabrics, embroidered fabrics. Like, honestly, so stunning. She would go to Nigeria, buy fabrics, come back home, and then she'd have our clothes made. So we were lucky enough when we moved to live next to this lady called Madeleine, and she was a seamstress. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, she, it was amazing because my mom would go to Nigeria, buy fabrics. She'd come back home, I'd pick my favorites, and she would sell the fabrics too. So what she would do is she had a, it was like, um, 
you know, like what Avon does, but like way cooler. Um, so she had like this little group of women who were like high society women. So she'd go to Nigeria, buy fabrics, bring them home. And then when she's back, they all come to our house. Like there'll be food and drink. And then the woman would pick what fabrics they want. And then because Madeleine lived next door, she'd bring Madeleine over to take their measurements. And then they could just be like, oh, I want this fabric. And I want this style. And they'll leave with, and then they'll, like, they'll leave having, like, um, you know, had a custom-made outfit that would, that would be waiting for them in, like, a week or so. Like, that's yeah. so unthought of here. But that's what my mom did. And I was, I grew up surrounded by that. So I would draw my own little outfits from whatever left of a fabric. And my mom and I always had matching outfits because she'd be like, she would have a long gown and I'd have a long gown. <laughs> and it was, it, was, it was brilliant. So Nigerian fabrics are so amazing. And she would, she would, do, she would do this journey every month. Every month my mom would go, she'd buy fabrics she'd come back she'd buy laces and oh i wish i could i had pictures like the most beautiful fabrics you've ever seen all handmade by the way and she'd get like african waxes which are like very popular now and then we just have make our own clothes my mom was very bougie before she even knew what the world was that's just who, who she was as a woman you know and she didn't yes. want us work in secondhand clothes so she would make a lot of our clothes and that's kind of how i got into designing before even realizing what it was because i would draw things that I wanted to wear and then my yeah. would make them. And then if I knew what I was doing at the time, you know, I would have I would have sold that <laughs> for a lot more money. But um, well it, yeah. it sounds like a dream experience, you know, for women today to have that bespoke service and, and you know, yeah. come to your house and pick fabric. Yeah, when I when I made. moved when I moved here and I realized people were talking about it and I was like <laughs> <laughs> no brainer. <laughs> like, why why are we making something that should be for everyone so exclusive? Why are good good clothes that fit your body so difficult? Like why is that a such an alien I idea? Like I feel like someone should should bring that here, like a made to measure experience for everyone because like we know uh, it's not it's not about trying to fit yourself into the clothes the clothes should be made to fit you like that's how fashion should work um yeah. maybe i should start it <laughs> but yeah that's, so, that's kind of how i grew up in terms of obviously then like fashion was a very natural career for you or something that you were doing without even knowing it as a child but yeah. um in terms of what you know going back to your mom and that sense of um pride that she had in the way that you you were presented what was yeah. that about for her I think my my mom even when I was like when I look at pictures of her younger she's always been very stylish she's super stylish now like my mom is like she still judges my outfits because she used to like dress me for a long time you know and she thought she, was, she did such a good job I mean she did um, <laughs> um both my parents actually there's a picture of my dad wearing I don't know if they're these shoes called salamanders. I don't know if you know what they are, but in the 70s, men used to wear these shoes and they were platform boots, like platform yeah. boots, like heels. And my, there's a picture of my dad in denim Levi's, no shirt on and platform boots. And I'm like, this guy who's judging my clothes used to walk around in heels. So I think my yeah. parents were always a little bit like funky and stylish. Like in African culture in general, we are... I don't know if you know about Les Sapeurs, like there's so many movements of style and individuality. There's something about us that's just, we're such individuals. We kind of move to the beat of our own drums. And as you can imagine, Africa, there's so many drums going around. Um, <laughs> so there's so many different beats. And everyone 
what, from how, how I grew up, I never, and I'm so grateful for this, I never ever in my life felt any sense of insecurity. I never felt like I had to change to, to belong. I never felt like I couldn't dress however I wanted. It wasn't until I came here that I started seeing that this seems to be a big deal for people. Like you can't do whatever you want to do or there's a trend that you have to follow. Da, 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 da. Where I grew up, wear whatever you want, do whatever you want. That, and that might be because we didn't have shops where they were selling the same thing in yeah. 10 different colors. You know what I mean? So everyone couldn't go to the shop and buy the same shirt. Like how you go to Zara and buy 10 people buy the same shirt, right? Because we yeah. didn't have that. You, you would go to the market and it would be one of one. Everything is one of one. Therefore, no two people could ever dress the same. And I think without even thinking that we've got a culture back home where everyone is such individuals because we don't have a choice. We can't yeah. go out and buy the same thing that John is wearing because there was, there was only one of that shirt. <laughs> so I have to wear a different shirt. That so sense I of think, individualism was celebrated then. Yeah, it's so it's so celebrated. And the thing is, it sometimes doesn't even make sense. It doesn't even make sense. Someone is wearing. I used to wear. I remember when I used to wear leggings, and then I'd wear a skirt on top of my leggings. Like yeah. that doesn't make sense. And then I'd <laughs> wear a t-shirt with a vest up on top. That doesn't make sense. But yeah. no one judged anyone because we were all doing the same thing. It was, it wasn't, there wasn't a rule to follow. So it wasn't like we were breaking any rules. There were no rules. I, I think fashion is, it's not even something that we think about as, um, as an industry, like when I was growing up, it's not, it's not an industry that we think about. It's not a, there, there's no trends. We don't have trend reports. We don't have Vogue. Like there, there's nothing that is dictating what you should be wearing. We have more important things to worry about, like how everyone should be a doctor. <laughs> like, we're, like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, it was never something that occurred to me. It was a pure love for dressing up that was instilled in me by my mom. And then it was, it, honestly, it wasn't until I came here that I was like, oh, y'all take fashion very seriously. And also it could be a career. That's, it wasn't until I came here that I started thinking about how I could make it a career. It was just the thing that I loved. And yeah. I think here we, we monopolize it a little bit. We make it a bit too serious. Guys, it's just clothes. <laughs> it's just clothes. Just wear whatever you want to wear, as long as it fits I, you. I, I wear things that don't I, fit you, there's no problem. I read somewhere that Cameroon fashion is great at celebrating traditional clothing as oh, well as yes. modern clothing. Yes. Was that, would you say that's true as well? Yeah, when I was growing, because I grew up in the city, we didn't really wear traditional clothing. But whenever I'd go to visit my grandparents, like in the villages, definitely, yes. And if we had like big events, we'd wear traditional clothing or things like um, 20th May or Independence Day or things like that, then you'd wear traditional clothing. But I, my, we, I think I wore it, the first time I did it was for a photo shoot. My mom wanted to do this photo shoot and we were all wearing like proper African clothing, like beads and kauris and like we drew like little markings on our face. Like it was a whole thing. And I still ha I have that picture somewhere. But because I grew up in the city, uh, that wasn't really the style. But yes, in Cameroon, our traditional clothing is very important. But people mostly wear it for official days or official right. events. And I think it's amazing now, like, yeah, celebrations. But the young people kind of take it and make it their own these days, which is really cool. Because there's a shift happening now. Because back in the day, you'd be like, oh, I don't want to wear that. It's not cool, you know. <laughs> and your parents are wearing it. But now the, the youngins, the, our generation is kind of taking it. We're making it our own, which is amazing. What's happening, what we're seeing is African culture and the Western culture were 
that the merge is starting to happen and we're a lot of for a long time as africans who were born here i wasn't born here but africans who were born here sometimes seem to like stay away from their from their roots instead of in terms of fashion but we're getting a shift again now where people are embracing that a lot more and i love to see it i love to see all the african families that are back back out on the market and back out on the streets but people are doing it in modern ways i think that that merge is beautiful so so going to your kind of um move to london you you yeah. moved at such a young like you know at such a formative age you know such yes. a tender age a 12 year old girl is such a you know tender <laughs> point <laughs> um yeah. in, in terms of forming a sense of identity tell me what 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 compelled your parents to move why did you why did your family move to london Oh, my dad is a dreamer <laughs> and I love him for it. I love him for it. He, he knew, I think he saw something at the time, my, my brother and sister were quite young, but I think he saw something in me like this girl is probably not going to do well here in terms like, like I would do well because, you know, talent, work hard, this space. Um, <laughs> but, but I think he, he was like the things that she wants to do, the things that she's interested in, there isn't space for her here to, to do that, if that makes sense. So he realized that for his children to, to grow and do the things that he wants to do, because when my dad is a, he reads a lot he's very into the news and he had a he had a, a prospectus from Yale because he wanted to, to go to Yale and and start continue studying studies in law so he knew that the world was a lot bigger than Cameroon because we we're quite small um so that's that was what my my dad wanted to do he wanted to take us out so that we can explore the world and I'm so glad that he did that because if I was in Cameroon right now I think I would be married with seven kids <laughs> and I think I've only liked like one of them. I tolerate my husband, but these kids, I don't know if I'd be there for them. <laughs> you moved, you landed in London, obviously. Um, yeah. What was that like for your family collectively? Like, we, was it easy for you guys to integrate and find a sense of community and a sense of belonging? When I came, I, my first thoughts was, oh, it's very clean. Because in, in, in Cameroon, we're like the... It was like the, the colors are different. I don't know if explain. The colors are different back home. It's there's so, there's a lot. It's, it's so much color and everything is so like sometimes it's very close together. Sometimes it's very crowded. So there's a, your eyes are like everywhere. When I came here, I was like, I don't know. Things seem to be bigger. The world seemed bigger. Um, it was because it was very cold as well. When, like when I came, so it was just like I had to adjust my eyes a little bit. And everything just seemed so exciting. McDonald's was exciting to me the first time. Um, so it was, it was more of that. And then when I went to, to school, my, um, I feel like I had an accent. I still have an accent. But I think that people just didn't know how to take me. And I didn't know how to take them. I was bullied in school, did not know I was getting bullied. I thought that I was part of the joke. I, was, I, wouldn't, I didn't know what bullying was. I didn't understand sarcasm. I didn't understand that people can be mean to you for no reason. I remember I, some, a girl got mad at me once because she, she was black. And I thought, oh, and I said, where in Africa are you from? And she said, um, I'm from the Caribbean. I was like, no, all black people are from Africa. And she was like, no, I'm from the Caribbean. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and, and so like little things that you didn't even think about that I had to learn quickly, very quickly yeah. to try and to try and adapt. But I was quite lucky that I met a group of friends and, and slowly but surely, like the, I think the first year was a bit 
tough for me in school. Um, in terms of like home life, we stuck together a lot, which is amazing because there's five of us. I've got a little brother and a little sister. And we stuck together. And I think it just made us, I kind of clung to my family a lot. Mm -hmm. So I'd go to school and I'd come back home and I'd be my family and they would go sightseeing or whatever. So I, I held on to them a lot. And it took me a while to, um, to like start going through like things on my own and start saying yes to invites. So people were even inviting me to things because I, I was happy being in my, my bubble of my family because I was scared. I was, I'm yeah. not a naturally like go and talk to people person, um, contrary to what it might look like, but that's not who I am naturally. So I'm, I'm usually more reserved, but if you come and talk to me, like we'll have a whale of a time. It's, oh my God, my clothes. You know that African style I said about, about wearing everything? I was doing that here, like for the first year. Yeah. I was, yes. I was wearing like weird clothes and just being myself and and I think this is when I started thinking oh no people here dress different here it's about wearing what's cool even if you don't like it it's about you know not blending in but like feeling like you belong so that's when I started I did change myself a little bit to to belong I remember the first own clothes day at school I was panicking because I was like, I can't wear anything I've brought from home. And my mom actually yeah. took me shopping to go buy something. I think we went to like H&M or something to go buy me like, you know, jeans and like, you know, a t-shirt so I can go to own clothes day and not embarrass myself. And yeah. I think slowly but surely I got, I got better, but it was, um, it was nerve wracking at, at first, especially at school. Cause that was when I dealt with people on my own at home. When I was, my family was fine at school. I, I, I struggled for a while right yeah. and, and what part of london did you did you move to because obviously like the culture in yeah. london can shift quite dramatically depending on yeah. where you're from yeah so we were in northwest london so we right. when we moved, we moved to crickwood which is in northwest london which is like a a quiet area nothing bad really happens in crickwood it's like a resident like more family orient, oriented place so we're mostly right. in North, northwest london and then we moved to Wilston, which is also in Northwest London. So we've mostly been like Northwest London based the whole time. And yeah, when we first moved, we lived with my uncle and his family. And then we had to go to like, because we were refugees, we had to go to like a refugee home. And so we bounced around a little bit, but then we found our feet. And yeah, I never had a problem with like the area. I'm, and I think I'm lucky that we came to London. Because if we'd gone to other areas of the UK, maybe it would have been you know, other areas in the UK aren't as diverse as London. So I'm sure other immigrants have a much more difficult time um, in integrating and feeling welcome and loved when they're in areas where people aren't as nice. Most, I mean, yeah. most because they, they don't see many people who look different from them. But I think we're, we're quite lucky that we were in London, in the central part of London, where everyone is like, oh, yeah, you know, black families are everywhere, nothing weird about you. <laughs> And yeah, well, I was going to say that having lived in London for a few years, many moons ago, my experience is that African culture is quite celebrated and there is, yeah. um, you know, Af like strong sense of African communities in different pockets yeah. of London. So, yeah, we, we, we've now found a community. We, I think we, my parents especially, I'm really glad that, glad that they have because, you know, my my mom is my mom struggles sometimes with it because my mom had like she had six siblings and you know she went from seeing them every day we live in a big house with everyone lived together to getting used to the life life in london is very different from life in cameroon like cameroon is 
community. Everyone comes to your house for dinner. Like your neighbor can literally be like, are you cooking? And turn up at your house and they'll get a plate. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. There is, like you have to book in advance. You have to like tell your doctor, like make a reservation. Like it's a whole thing. So I think yeah. my mom struggled with that a lot. I think sometimes she still does. So she's definitely, she's going back once we're like all settled. That's for sure. Um, but I think we're lucky to have found our community. The Cameroonian community in the, in London is quite small. We're not like um, we're not like like Nigerians are a lot, Ghanaians are a lot, like Cameroonians. We're like a small, tiny group. So when we find each other, it's like hi. Um, so it's a celebration. Hey, let's eat. Let's drink and let's eat. Like I love it. Like, I love all. I would love to like. Um, find even more Cameroonians to hang out with. Every time I do, I get so excited about it. And I'm like, ah! let's talk all day long about it. But yeah, I miss it. I miss it. Hey, you you often say about your dad that you steal, you steal his jackets a lot. Is that like... Oh my God, I have so it? much of his stuff here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And then in my last reel, there's, um, there's like, I've got like a glass bag, like a see-through clear bag. And my dad bought that for me for Christmas. I was like, how do you know about Cult Gaia, Dad? And how did you get me this bag? <laughs> like, yeah. How are you so cool? But um, he's not, a, he's not like, my dad, is, as he's grown older, he's, um, he's not a materialistic person at all. Um, he's not, um, he doesn't, he's not like fashion, all those things, he don't, he's not interested in that. But I think he's, my dad walks in his purpose, which is what, what I'm trying to get to. Like, he knows yeah. his purpose in life is to make sure that his kids are where they need to be. And he walks in that purpose. And I'm very excited to like, know exactly 100% what my purpose is. Because my dad, nothing worries him, nothing phases him. He does what he needs to do, you know, for his purpose. And then so I hope his purpose is to keep, buy more blazers so that I can steal them because they just look so much better on me because he's so skinny. I'm like, dad, give me all your clothes. <laughs> but no, that was, that's kind of how I got into, yeah, they, they weren't happy about it, but um, I, I did the four years. They, they did support it. And then when I graduated and I said, and I was, I worked for a while as, as creative director. Um, I worked with some really big companies. I, I should talk more about my actual job as, before I went. I well, went I, I wanted to go into your Instagram and, and yeah. go into that sense of purpose for you because obviously yeah. there's a lot of smokes and mirrors in Instagram. Um, and, you know, like your, your account is beautiful and highly editorial uh, because your purpose is to ostensibly sell fashion but what I yeah. one of my questions I did have for you was do you feel that there's another sense of purpose for you through that mechanism and has it got something to do with representation for you yeah I think for me I I, I try not to I don't, I don't know if the word the word is harp harp on about representation or stuff, stuff like that. I, I am a black woman and I can't hide that. So, but my my life is not about doing things for black women. It is about showing black women that it sh that the word I don't I, I don't want to hear Juliet is great a great black business. Juliet is a great black. No, I want to have the same level of respect 
that you give to everyone else. And I don't want to have, I don't want to get it because I'm black. I don't want to be there because of representation. I don't want any of us to be in any room because representation. Yes, representation matters, but it should not be the reason you are inviting us into conversations. It should not be the reason you are inviting us into rooms. It should not be the reason why you give us opportunities. It should be because we are talented, because we are. And sometimes I worry And that you are. Yeah, I think, like we are so there's so much talent going on around that zoos from us. I, I don't like it when it's when it's too linked to representation because sometimes it means that you're here because you are black. No, I would very much like to be here because I am talented and because I work hard. Because sometimes it taints, you know, it taints the the greatness of us. Don't be tainting our greatness, please. You, you know, I understand that we have a long way to go. I understand what it means. But I, me living my life is, is enough for any other black woman who is looking at me to be like, I want to do that. I, I, want, I don't want to preach at people. I want it to be a natural occurrence that happens. And I, I didn't even think about that until someone, I started getting messages from people being like, even people I didn't even think, you know, I was just, I, when I started this blog, I was just roaming the streets doing shenanigans for no reason, honestly, for no reason. It was, and it was mostly because I wanted, I wanted my kids to see how cool I am. So that one day when they were like, mom, it's so annoying, I can be like, excuse me, look how cool I was. It wasn't for anything other than that until I was like, wait, I was, I would talk to people. I had a woman send me messages once and she said, she came out of a horrible marriage and she'd lost herself in that marriage. And she was, she found herself wearing drab clothes, baggy things, not loving herself. And then she came across my page and now she's trying to inject some color into her world and trying to have fun with fashion. And I thought to myself, oh shit, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just out here doing shenanigans, but maybe my shenanigans are doing something. And that's the fuel that pushes me to continue. And that's why I want to continue to be something more than just clothes i want it, i want my page to be where people come to be like oh i can do whatever there are there are no rules i can be as extra as i want and there's nothing wrong with that there's actually nothing wrong with that and for me that is representation when you see yourself in someone else that's that's enough and i hope that i'm doing that for people but i don't want to be i don't want to i will never be one of those people who hops and hops and hops and I grew up in a place where my parents, they never, like, we never beg to go into a room. You never ask, oh, can you, if someone doesn't invite you to a party, ah, don't go. Don't go to the party. You can either yeah. sit at home and be great or throw your own party. I will never beg to be included in something because I don't, if you don't want me there, I don't want to be there. So that's kind of, that's kind of how I grew up. That's, that's how we are back home. I don't know if it's pride or whatever it is, but I don't beg to be in spaces and I, and I never will. And I hope that no one else does. And I, 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 but I will, if I wanted to be in that space, I will be in that space. Not because I beg, but because I will prove to you that I should be here. That's how I got every job I've ever got. I walk into the interview, pink hair and all. And I yeah. say, I'm the best person for this job and you should give it to me. If, like, I turn yeah. off to job interviews looking like this. <laughs> I've never well, in my life shrunk myself. And I don't think I could, even if I tried. This hair is so bright. Um, <laughs> and I want to go into your colour because I think your colour <laughs> is, is very joyful. Um, and obviously the world is in a very funny place at the moment where a lot of things are outside of our control. And one of the things we do have control over is just the clothes that we put on in the morning yeah. um, in terms of mood. Um, 
obviously from what you've told me, you know, that sense of colour is something that's kind of transcended throughout your whole history and throughout your whole story. Yeah. But does wearing colour do something for you in terms of mood personally or does it do something in terms of confidence? It does. I think my fashion in general does something for my confidence like it's this is something that my mom used used to do and we used to do it as as kids my mom still does now and i still do it now when you're when i'm feeling shitty i sometimes just put on something great like just put on the most flowy dress that you have and it does do something to you it really does and for me color is because i grew like you said you've done you look to cameroon like we are very colourful people. We really, really are. If you look at the fashion industry across Africa, prints, patterns, colours, everything together in one. Like there is no, there's no editing or minimalism. I don't know minimalism. Who that? Never heard of her. Like there is no, neutral. <laughs> like I mean, I try. Like I'll, I'll be like, I'll wear neutral, and the next thing you know, you look at my feet. There's a neon hill. I'm like ah. <laughs> But, but I've seen you do neutrals and, and you're doing neutrals, but you're wearing PVC or, you know, like the yeah, texture the only, is there. There has to be something, right? You, there has to be something. Like even when I'm like wearing a, like yesterday I went to the cinema and I was wearing joggers, but they were embellished with like mirrors and sequins, you know, like, so it's yeah. like, that's just, that's just who I, I am. And I think that's my, my mom is very much like that. Uh, if anyone's anyone is watching this, see my mom, my stories. My mom is very flamboyant and fabulous and grand. And my dad is very neutral, minimal, clean. I don't know how those two met, but I'm, I definitely pick after my mom in terms of like my general styling. And I just love colors. I feel like they, for me, fashion is always about showing your personality, and that's that's my personality. I'm loud fun bright energetic and i like to wear things that reflect that and also i just feel like there's so much more fun to be had with colors like of course you can wear all black every day and it looks cool but like eh, color is is there something about it i think it just shows personality more for me fashion has always been a way to tell people who you are without ever opening your mouth but and, for people and so who- your instagram account does that you know, because it obviously, yeah. it shows that sense of colour and joy that yeah. you have um, and, you know, why I was attracted to interviewing you. Um, but, but you know, what are the parts that you you, do, you don't show or that you would like to but don't doesn't fit into the format? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to show those parts too because I feel like, my Instagram is very visual, but you know the, the visual is always the surface. You know, it's not three D. It's not. It's just an image, and you never, you, you have no idea what happened before or after that image was taken. You have no idea how I was feeling when that image was taken. So I try to show behind the scenes of when I get the shot because it's not super easy. It does take a lot of hard work. Like even things with like blogging and influencing. Like I, I started my blog ten years ago. When I started blogging, Instagram didn't exist. So I didn't wake up in the morning and just influencer. No, a lot of work went into this. There were a lot of times where I wasn't getting paid. I went into debt because I was like doing so many shoots and buying so many outfits to shoot them. I went into a lot of debt and that was a bad idea. Again, another bad idea, keeping up with the Joneses. When I came here and I found myself trying to catch up with people and things and images that had never occurred to me before. There was never part of my life, that was never how I lived my life. But then as a teenager going into uni, I started getting sucked in with the 
bad side of fashion, which was the um, the commercial side of it and the buying whatever's new and trendy instead of sticking to who I was, just doing my personal style, maybe going to thrift stores. I was trying to look cool. I went to uni with a lot of rich people and I wanted to look like I was one of them. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And that, yeah. things like that get you into trouble. That's what we, I feel like, especially in the fashion, in the influence world, we don't talk about a lot of, a lot of young people who want to get into it. Like, it's not, it's, it's a lot of grinding before you get to, 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 where, to where you want to go. So maybe I need to be more transparent about, about that. But I feel like, you see, it's not so fun, is it? We're not laughing about this part of the conversation. It's not, <laughs> it's not no, but it's an it's important part. part. It's, it's the real life, you know? It's, yeah. This is the real shit. So sometimes you think, how real do you really want to know? What do you yeah. really want to know? Well, you say that every week is Fashion Week for you. Um, <laughs> and London Fashion Week is, is upon us. Um, yes. What, does, what do you think uh, defines London fashion or the London look for you? Ah, the London. It wasn't that a, an ad, like a Maybelline ad, get the London look. And I was looking at this yeah, girl like, yeah. this is not the London look, sis. What are you doing? <laughs> um, London, so when I... London's changed, man. Maybe, or maybe I'm just old now. I don't, I don't hang out in those scenes anymore. But when I was, like, in my 20s, London, now, now, that's when I was, like, deep in, like, the, on, not underground, but, like, the fashion scene that's not, like, right now my fashion is, like, you know, I go to matches.com and I get a dress, you know. <laughs> but back then we were making our own stuff and going to Camden Market and being grungy little shits and running around the city in Jeffrey Campbell platform boots. Um, London was has a very like fu attitude towards fashion which i i love because we we do kind of it's we have a lot more personality it's a lot less refined if you if you're talking about real london street style it's a lot more it's a lot less refined than you would find in the streets of paris you know londoners mm. are like we're kind of like risk takers and we have fun with fun with fashion and i think we're usually the trendsetters that people pick things from the London fashion scene and then they take them and then they they put them in couture, you know, they like dress it up or filter it or whatever and then put it on put it on the runway. But I find the London scene to be it's very exciting, eccentric. I love seeing everyone do their own thing. Um what I don't like is the younger kids who aren't they don't seem to be having fun with fashion. They seem to be very um trend led very TikTok fashion, Instagram fashion. I don't know what that means, but apparently these are the things. As I see sometimes influence as well. I'm like, everyone's wearing the same thing. Everyone's wearing the same outfit, different colors, same outfit, yeah. different colors. Everyone yeah. has the same bag. Everyone's wearing the same blazer. Everyone's wearing the same thing because we're, so for some reason, fashion has gone from the streets where you're allowed to be as different as you want to the phone where you have to wear what's trendy or what's trending to then be part of the conversation. You know what I mean? We're, yeah. we're, take, we're going backwards a little bit and we're, we're conforming without even realize, realizing that we are, but it's like, oh, um, okay, this, this, this look, everyone likes it already. Therefore, if I wear it, I will, I will grow. Instead of you to be thinking, who am I? <laughs> what do I like? What do I want yeah. to wear? I'm seeing too much of people wearing the same thing because they know that it works. But then who are you? <laughs> what, so I'm, the, the scene is changing, but I think social media and our phones are taking away the individuality of fashion. It's a little bit sad. So when I see someone doing something different, I'm like, you continue doing that. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> 
But you're an example of not that, right? You're an example yeah, of doing your own thing and being celebrated yeah. for it. And I'll I be guess- honest with you, sometimes I wish I wasn't. Sometimes <laughs> I wish I wore the thing that was trending because it would make my life so much easier because people like to see and know what it is. But um, sometimes, I'll be honest, sometimes I feel like I should change my style a little bit because it's, it's so different from what I see. And I see everyone else growing and doing amazing things. And I'm like, maybe if I want to get to a million followers, I should also wear blazers and leggings every day. <laughs> what, am I, what am I doing all this for? I should also take mirror selfies. Like, why am I stressing myself? But if I did that, I, I, th- I think I'd have a twitch or something. <laughs> it wouldn't feel like me and I, I'd go insane or well, something. I'm- I'm I'm glad that you're not doing that, honestly. <laughs> um, so it, I, I, but I, and I do think in terms of you know what you're saying about that kind of London street style, there is an edge to it. There is a sense of um, not caring about what other people think. You think it's some yeah. of the origins of the yeah. most um, forceful, you know, yeah. fashion um, influences coming out of London, like punk and and grunge. Yeah. Like, there is a, a sense of like fuck you confidence about it and um and I would like to say that that's you know part of who you are Um, my my style is weird because it's not it's not unattainable you know anyone can wear what I wear it's I think it's um the thing about fashion or or style rather makes you great is is how you wear it like me and you could both rock that that top you wear with such a very nice. But the way we wear it would be different and the way we carry it differently. And I think that's what we need to remember about fashion is it's it's just it's just clothing, right? But what brings it to life is your personality. You have to you have to in, once you inject your personality into something, it becomes something way more. It tells the story about who you are. And then so you I feel like you feel better in it when it represents you. So it's easy to follow trends, but even if you're gonna follow the trend and do whatever everyone else do, I'm gonna need you to inject some of your personality into it because it's better for you as well. Because you don't want to lose who you are and just be like, oh, oh, everyone's wearing capri pants today. Oh shit, let me just go buy some capri pants. Like that doesn't make you know, that doesn't make sense. So yeah. And going through the pandemic and all the restrictions, you know, um, obviously you lost none of your, your bright energy and color in your style (laughs) through that process. (laughs) Um, But tell me, now that the restrictions have eased, like what are you enjoying about, um, you know, being more free and where, where would you like to travel to as a result Uh, of kind of the world opening up a bit more? I, I'm enjoying people appreciating my outfits in the streets. That's, that's good. Cause for a long time there was no one on the street and I was shooting and I was like, no one's seeing it. (laughs) And now when I walk on, I'm like, oh, nice dress. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Um, So that's good. I am, I'm looking forward to traveling more. I want to go to New York. I'm thinking about moving to to New York. So that's going to be interesting to see like how my style evolves when I, when I'm living over there. Um, I'm interested to get some sun. London, very grey. It's August. Are we still in August? It's August and there is zero sun. I'm here like trying to bring the sun. Um, so I just want to go somewhere sunny. I might be going to Paris um, as well on a little, little girl ship, which would, which would be nice. But I'm honestly, I am excited to go anywhere that is not my house. <laughs> and Ca- Cameroon? Yeah, so I'm going back home in January. So I'm really, really, oh. really excited about that. We're hosting the African Nations Cup and we're gonna win because the talent won't match um 
So I'm excited to go watch the boys play, see my family. It's been too long. People are, like people have been having babies. My aunts are giving birth and getting married, and I'm like, oh, I'm missing everything. And like none of the kids know who I am. So I'm excited yeah. to go and like be the clown at all of the birthday events. Oh I'm excited to. Um, yeah, I think last time I went home, my hair wasn't pink. And even then, they thought that my style was a bit crazy. They were like, Chila, what is this? So I'm excited to go and like be even more crazy. And I think my family a lot. And they, they follow me and they support me. And <laughs> they like comment on things. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's good. That like, they're like understanding <laughs> and supporting. Because um, it's sometimes it's a bit like crazy. Um, so that's so what do you think you will wear when you go there? The same things I wear when I'm here. <laughs> but um, I'm actually, I'm a, I've got like some business ideas, um, which is actually one of the main reasons I'm going back home. Um, so I'm excited to kind of go. And this business idea is a lot to, is to do with um, giving back a lot more. We've touched on it, like in this conversation, unknowingly about um, the made to measure aspect of things. And so I had this little brand called Fox the Label, which I paused because I, was, I wasn't ready for the amount of demand that I got and I was just a one woman job. So um, when I go back in January, my dad and I are working on something. We're trying to figure out how to improve the fashion industry back home and what I can do with manufacturing over there and, you know, just using all the talents that we have to give them more opportunities than they're probably getting. So it's going to be a very interesting, I'm sure it's going to be eye-opening, heartwarming. I'm sure I'll cry a lot, but I also have business um, to handle when I go back home, that's very important to me because I feel like I've I've done the 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 years of like figuring out who I am, paving my way, and I think it's time for me to to go back and give back and do something for for the community that raised me. So I'm excited to get this conversation started in January and be a bit more of an adult. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll share when you know we've got we've got somewhere and we're, we're making big moves but um yeah. yeah we're working on some stuff well that that's completely heartwarming to me and oh, it's such a wonderful way to end the interview because we've gone full <laughs> circle there Julia it was such a pleasure to interview you thank you for all your energy and all your colour and I, I look forward to finding out how everything progresses Yes, yes, I'm excited about it. Nervous, but but excited. It's gonna be. I think this is gonna be uh, going into like as I'm reaching my thirties. God, thirty. I think this is gonna be maybe the thing that I found my purpose finally. So I'm excited to 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 try it out and figure out who I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Thanks. If you like style stories but are looking for a little more connection, please come and join Style Stories The Circle a Facebook group I've created to provide a community-minded space where you can discuss the latest episodes, get social and share your style and your stories.